There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Brett screwed Brett. Die, Rocky, die. Suck it! Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE with new interviews with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21+. plus. 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere. Check it. Not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer. A Spotify original. Yeah. Are we joined here? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was just going to say thanks for letting me join and like lounge in my bed. Oh, uh, I mean, shoot. If all podcasts were like this, it'd be awesome. It's funny. I've been <laughs> on podcasts and they won't tell me that I'm recorded like uh-huh. my face. So I've like hopped on podcasts with no makeup on like this. And then they ended up using the video. I'm like, no, no, no. You have to tell me if <laughs> that's you're using the video. That's not how that works. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not how it like, works. Come yeah. On. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, this is great. I'm happy nah, to be on. Nah, thanks for jumping on with us. I mean, we we are as, uh, as comfortable as we need to be because all we're doing Love here it. is shooting the shit about uh, the the local yokels and uh, by the way if you're uh, if you're wondering who that voice is well you're not anymore because everybody in the city knows who Taylor McGregor is she is the field reporter for Marquee Sports Chicago Cubs baseball and uh, amongst the the 55 jobs that she has held here in the in the media lane for uh, some time now Taylor I want to I want to start obviously with opening day and talk to you about this Cubs thing uh, but how much even on a cold day, and I was thinking about it today, like opening day is one of those special things for sports fans. You know, it's it's you know, it's not like 
NFL kickoff weekend where you get the Thursday game, then all of a sudden the rush of other games. It's like the the day, and because everybody out here who's been spraying aerosol cans up into the sky for the last 20 years, it used to be a lot warmer, right? But it still has that um that pageantry, that 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 romanticism that, you know, good weather is around the corner. The the rhythms of your life start to take over once baseball is around. And even though it was 40 some odd degrees out there today and I saw everybody out there in their parkers, I saw you out there in your parker, but um, opening day is, is a special day in this country overall. And it, I'm glad it happened because I didn't realize like how corny and how lame I was. So I was sitting there like, oh shit, baseball's back, man. <laughs> I think it should be a national holiday. I've said that forever. <laughs> It is so much fun dating back to when I was a kid. My mom used to pull me out of school and I would get to go down to opening day. So it's been a day personally that is meant so much to me. And I know that's echoed amongst baseball fans everywhere. It's just special. It's different. It's the pageantry and the pride and everything is felt, you know, when players got to go out there and don the Chicago Cubs uniform for the first time today. That was special. When they got to see Hall of Famers announced and take the field, that was a goosebump moment. And it's cool that we get to celebrate a day like that once a year. It's opening day, and I'm with you. It's just different. It's special. It's hard to explain. Um, even if it's 44 degrees and freezing at Wrigley Field, <laughs> it's still a really good day to be at the ballpark. Uh, yeah, I, I saw the boog and. uh and JD had the uh, the heaters up there. You you were caught in that little jet stream in the middle. What was going on with the, what's what's up with the seating arrangement? And did you know that you were going to be catching the worst of it? Well, I think they just think I'm tough, so I guess I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs> um, I was actually excited about it because I wasn't going to have to sit down in the camera well, which would have been ten times colder. So I actually took it as an upgrade. Um, they also use the opportunity to upgrade themselves, you know, so I guess all parties won. Right. I was just happy to be up there with some sort of heater. So it all worked <laughs> out. So uh, how do you get prepared for an opening day, especially with the truncated spring training? Um, you know, you, you last year you you had a lot of really, really good moments and it was it wasn't just about the baseball. So when you go into a game, are, are you looking for a special lane that you maybe have had a conversation with a player and you've got a little tidbit that you're about to break down for uh, the viewers? Or like, how do you how do you approach a game? How does the in-game part change for you? Like, what, what happens on the fly as well as the stuff that you prepare going into a game and especially an opening day like today's? It's a good question. And I don't think there's a perfect formula. It's different every game. Every story that I come up with is different. You know, some things are handed to me. I just saw it right in front of my eyes and asked about it. Some other stuff I went digging and really made connections. And then when I asked a player about it, there was a great story. Um, so it just sort of happens. I think preparing for opening day is unique because a lot of it is kind of rehashing out what we saw in spring training and resetting the tone of this is a brand new season. Here's what we got here. And you're kind of laying the groundwork. Now, as the season goes on and there's ebbs and flows, there's going to be stories that unravel themselves, which all of us will tell, but hopefully, um, you know, I'll try to peel back the layers a little bit more on the players, their personalities, things they're going through on and off the field and provide those different stories. Um, but 
I don't really have a perfect formula. Sometimes mm-hmm. I stress myself out thinking, what am I going to talk about tonight? Um, and then sometimes I go into a broadcast and I say I could call the whole game. I have so many stories. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it changes. I wish I had a little bit more consistency, but it really just sort of depends on random things that happen that I have no control over. What does the city have in this year's Cubs team? I, I, I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, as, as we got closer and closer to the lockout being over and then spring training happens, you know, people start to say, hey, you know, this team is not as bad as you think it is. And then I, I'm seeing projections. Oh, you know, the, the extra wild card spot, they might be in the running here. Like there's a, a Hope Springs Eternal is always the truth on the north side. But uh, I, I'm feeling like Cub fans, especially after opening day, feeling like Cub fans think they got something on their hands there that might hover around that 500 mark, you know, and maybe do something that nobody thinks is, is possible, which is... You know, be in the hunt for that second wild card spot or third wild card spot come October. That's the special part about opening day as well. There's so much optimism. Even if you lose, it's like, okay, we'll chalk it up, you know, on to tomorrow. So there's still a lot of optimism. And I think this year with the expanded postseason, there's a lot of teams around the league who feel optimistic, um, even depending upon, you know, I look at the NL West and, it's a really tough division with the Dodgers, even the Padres. The Giants had a phenomenal year last mm-hmm. year, and who knows what they're going to look like this year. So where does a team like the Rockies fall, um, who has a pretty solid rotation? I think they find a lot of hope in what could potentially transpire for them, even though they're in a tough division. Now, when I look at the NL Central, it's a little bit different story because there's not really a runaway favorite. Of course, the Brewers are going to be the favorite because of their pitching staff and the numbers that those guys put up last year. And they still think are very capable of having an, an amazing season um, similar to what they saw. So they're they're the favorite, but they're not the runaway. And I think um, their offense has struggled. And if the Cubs could kind of be scrappy like we saw today and, mm-hmm. and put together quality starts from their starting rotation, we saw Kyle Hendricks be vintage himself. I'm excited about Marcus Stroman, the consistency there. Justin Steele is an interesting piece, a guy who has good stuff, just needs to focus a little bit on the control, but certainly upside there. And, and we could go down the list. So, um, I think there is optimism. I'm not ready to put a number on how many wins it's going to be or, you know, say they're going to win the World Series. But I think it's it's a time to be optimistic. And um, I think there's going to be a lot of really fun storylines to follow. You you mentioned Strowman. And I'm I'm thinking, you know, Rossi putting Justin Steele in the middle of Kyle Hendricks and Mark Marcus Strowman. Is that a is that a bullpen maneuver or is that is that something where you've got you know, a, a guy who you think can eat, eat up with some innings. Obviously, Kyle Hendricks looked like himself, like you mentioned today. Like, what, what's the what's the thinking in not having Stroman uh, follow up Kyle Hendricks? Do you think from David Ross? I think it's right, left, right. Um, they want a little little change. Justin provides a little bit different look, um, so I think there's value in that. Um, and then you'll have Stroman and then Smiley, so you see right, left, right, left. Um, so just when you go in against teams and can provide that. Um, you know, difference on back-to-back nights, there's certainly value in that. And I think that's why you're seeing the rotation play out the way it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm also interested because, you know, last year when the sale happened, when the sell-off, I should say, happened, uh, a lot of Cubs fans 
we're we're downtrodden and, and rightfully so because when you have that amount of talent for what seemingly was that short amount of time you think to yourself what could have been how how do you think cubs fans have bounced back from not just the sell off but looking at what the future may hold understanding that they they've gone through what they're uh, not supposed to be saying they're going through right now in terms of a rebuild but how how do you think cubs fans are are are, are trying to understand what's next and and, and also navigate the feelings of what didn't happen with the past group, even though you got a World Series out of it. Yeah, I. it's hard to talk on the entire fan base because I think, you know, there's certainly different opinions out there. I think closing the door completely on Baez, Rizzo, and Chris Bryant, it's never going to happen. Those guys will forever be legends in Chicago, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And they're forever going to be talked about, and maybe forever talked about, oh, woulda, shoulda, coulda, and maybe they should have won more, or what have you. Um, but the reality is, they're not with the organization anymore, and there's going to be new stories, new faces that fans can fall in love with. I just think that's going to take time. Now, I think it was absolutely the best move, what we saw transpire at the trade deadline, because the reality was that offense was not working anymore. And there was the same pieces um, offensively that had been there in 2016 and, and it wasn't getting the same results. So changes needed to happen. And I think there's people who understand that. Um, so I'm excited about, you know, the next generation of Cubs players and adding in new faces and new pieces to build the next great Cubs team. Um, and I think, I think overall fans are excited too. Um but again, I'm not going to speak for everybody. And I think it just is going to take a little bit more time to, to yeah. probably uh, get more fans on board. How did you find out or figure out this is what you wanted to do? Because, you know, I know, I know your background uh, in terms of obviously your father being in the front office with the Colorado Rockies, former NFL player as well. Um, and, and also, like, you know, your sports background, how did you figure out, okay, this is where I want to take this, or this is what my passion is in life? To be completely honest, it's because I saw other women on television, and it sort of gave me the idea that, hey, I can do that. That looks really fun, (laughs) because there were baseball games on at home. There was college game day on at home with Aaron Andrews. Um, I watched Carissa Thompson on Fox Sports Rocky Mountain, you know, however many years ago. Then it was Alana Rizzo. Uh, Now it's Jenny Kavnar. So, that is probably the most simple answer as to how it got placed in my mind. I saw other women doing it. And that's why I think representation is so important. When people can see other people who look like them doing a job, mm-hmm. it gives them the idea, hey, that could be me too. So that's certainly at the top of the list. Now, I do think um, to dive a little deeper into that, I have never been scared of public speaking and being in front of people. and. I gave some speeches um, my junior and senior year and people came up to me, uh, multiple people uh, sort of in back-to-back time periods and said, hey, you know, have you ever thought about sports broadcasting? I think you would be really good at that. And it was sort of just um, crazy that it all kind of happened that way because you know, I had sort of thought about the career because again, I had seen other women and then people were encouraging me to take the path. And then it all sort of came together. And I said, you're right, uh, this is what I want to do. And here I am all those years later. So it's been fun for sure. So as we let you go here, we appreciate your time, Taylor. Uh, we like to ask people, 
Worst day of your career, best day of your career. Oh boy. It's it's oh. always that it's always that reply to. I know. You know. <laughs> and then they, and then you know what the, and you know what some do? They go, you know, I I've never really had a bad day because in this line of work, if you're getting paid to do what you're I'm like, knock cut the shit. All right. Yeah. We've all we've Listen. all had bad days, right? Yeah. <laughs> um so this is I'm gonna answer this. Oh, uh, look at it. Hey, Jesse, look at it. She, she's trying to bias. There's there we go. recency bias in this, right? So I could look back most recently a day when I left my job and thought, wow, that was so much fun. That was a great day. It was probably the Duke's Mayo Bowl. It was our last uh, college football bowl game of the season. It was so much fun. Now, um, <laughs> you know, I could also name a, several other times that I thought were the highlight and you know, hopefully the highlights just keep getting better and better as my career progresses. And now you're laughing at me and you're making fun yeah, of me. Because like, you're doing the shit that everybody does. No, <laughs> I'm, th- I'm seriously thinking about it and I'm getting to the worst part. And again, I've had bad days because I've said dumb things on air and then I just feel terrible about myself. Of course. Um, that's happened many times and it probably will continue to happen um, because I'm definitely not perfect. So, I mean, there was a time in Colorado when... I messed up this interview. It was Jenny Kavnar's first time doing play-by-play. So she was the first female doing play-by-play for a regional sports network in like years. So it was supposed to be this great night, this awesome broadcast. And then she throws it down to me. And I was with Jackie Robinson's daughter, Sharon. And I was going to interview her. And right as I'm about to interview her, this this security usher, somebody with the Rockies comes over and is like yelling at me. Like you can't see him in the television screen, but he's yelling at me. And I'm like, I just froze. I mean, because I'm on live TV and I see this guy yelling at me. What is he yelling at you? He's, he's, he didn't, he didn't think I was allowed to be in this suite interviewing her, even though it had been completely cleared by PR. It was totally fine. Apparently nobody told him. So he's coming to me, yelling at me, saying, I'm not allowed to do this. And meanwhile, I'm brand new to the profession. So I'm trying to be presentable on air. There was a ton of information that I needed to cram in in this interview. Stuff, you know, names I needed to nail, names of organizations and all this different stuff. So I just completely froze because I just, you know, couldn't handle myself in that moment um, at the time. And it was awful. It was awful. How do you, because I, I still to this day uh, have nerves like none other. And, and I, I deal with a lot of anxiety and a lot of, a lot of things that, you know, in this line of work, people see us on television or they hear us behind these microphones and they think, damn, that person's always polished or they're always having a good time. And if they could jump in my head, they would see that there's like a thousand hamster wheels going at, at once. And I'm like, okay, yeah. got that sentence out, got that. I'm still learning how to uh, adjust to stressors and make yeah. sure the product is still consistent. Uh, how do you handle that? Like, and, I, and I'm asking you as a, not just as yeah. an a, a interviewer, well, but as a colleague you. right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Same. It's funny you say that because I actually had a moment today where something happened right before I was about to go on air and I didn't think I had a very good hit at all. And I was really bummed about it. Um, because it was opening day, you know, it's a big audience. Mm -hmm. And, um, so 
moral of this story is I'm still learning too. And, um, you know, one thing I've tried to do even after something doesn't go my way, I used to let it snowball and then Same. my next hit would be bad and my next right. hit would be bad. And I feel like I've gotten much better at that where I take a deep breath and I can move on and say, okay, if I nail my next five hits, then my first one isn't going to be as bad because yeah. people will, you know, see the, there's the a new body line of, of consistency. Work. Yeah. 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 They see the body of work and they think the other one was a fluke. So I'm um, trying to move on, but there's certainly times when something, you know, off camera, it, college football can be hard with that. Um, baseball's yeah. a little bit more regimented in terms of, you know, you're going to come out of break and, you know, right. you have pretty much this amount of time before somebody gets up. Although I did talk through say a Suzuki's first hit today. So that was another <laughs> flub, but, that's it, that's... Um, you know, I, just, I love the fact just, that you pointed that out. By the way, yeah, it just I, I was like, I'm, I'm like, I love this soundtrack. Like, I'm, I'm with it. You know, you talking, and all of a sudden he gets his first hit, and balls being thrown back of in, course. and you're wrapping your story. What up. happens? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that happens, and that's part of it. And I understand that. I you know the crazy part is only us, like only people in the business or people who are like hyper aware of what they're saying, catch that kind of stuff or think that that kind of thing is just breaking down the entire broadcast because like you ask people who are just watching or just happy that baseball is on. They're like, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I didn't yeah. notice that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's certain definitely things that I beat myself up over or, you know, like I'll do a hit and I'll know that it wasn't great. And I'll, you know, Oh, I can't believe that. And I'll text maybe a family member or somebody who's watching and they're like, what are you talking about? It's fine. I'm like, okay, well, thanks. That makes me feel better. But it doesn't actually make me feel better because I know deep down I could have done better. Right. So yeah, it's a struggle. But I think that's also what keeps you motivated is, you you know, we do hold ourselves to an incredibly high standard, which is a good thing. You know, it's better than the opposite. If you had terrible hits all the time and you just thought, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Move on. Like I let that stuff eat me apart. That's why I do not look at social media because I don't want to read what people are saying about me because I know there's negative stuff out there, you know, mm -hmm. and that would just like hurt me even worse. It takes a strong person to be aware of that though, by the way. Like a lot of people throw themselves into that fire acting like they won't burn. It it takes it takes um some some self-inventory to know that the shit that I'm going to see. And I know what I'm looking for. I'm going to find it and it's going to hurt me. Like that's, that, that, that takes, that's, I think that takes, um, that's a, that's a bigger step than I think a lot of people in our industry are willing to take because you have to be there on that dance floor and you have to. And, and then, you know, people who don't understand is like, why don't you just get off? It's like, well, you know, the entire industry is there. So like, mm -hmm. it's, 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 yeah. it's interesting that you can, you can kind of mitigate that situation kind of nip it in the butt before you even have to uh, be um, exposed to it. Yeah, well, I wasn't smart early on and I definitely read some things. And like I said, it, it hurt me. And then what I started to do is I started compromising myself because I tried to fit into some unrealistic box that people were trying to put me in. And at the end of the day, I have to be who I'm going to be. And if, if not everybody likes that, I can't control that because the reality is not everybody's going to like it. Um, and if I'm, if I'm doing the best that I can possibly do and I, you know, stick to what I think is best, then that's all I can do. Like, you yes, know, I, it, what, what helped me 
is acknowledging my own inadequacies and flaws because they're definitely there and then helping other people. I think that's a huge, you know, there's been people who've helped me and been like, look, look what people say about me. And, and those people are who I admire in the business. So I'm like, well, if people are saying mean things about you, like, <laughs> what is the standard here? Because right. I think you're perfect. So, you know, there's that. It, yeah, it, it can be hard. I'm going to acknowledge that it's definitely hard. And I, I really don't, I don't read social media. I don't. And it's been the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I probably stopped reading it about a year and a half ago. And it's been like, thank you. Goodbye. I can appreciate it. I can appreciate it. Like I said, I think that takes personal strength and people might be listening and say, oh, it's, no, no, no. It does take some strength to know that something is going to affect you adversely. So you need mm-hmm. not um, be privy to it or expose yourself to it. Taylor McGregor, I promise you, I I was a fan when you got the gig for myriad reasons. All right. But I, I am a I am a bigger fan now that I've got a chance to sit down and talk to you. I appreciate you carving out some time. I know you got to go make an airport run, so I'm going to let you rock. But I truly appreciate you you jumping on with us, and I hope people uh, enjoy this as much as I did. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Jason, we're going to do it again, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got a long summer. Trust me. I'm going to pop you (laughs) on here at least three, four more times for free. I got you. Perfect. Okay, I can't (laughs) wait. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate you. Taylor McGregor right here on the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hey, it's Len Casper, the radio voice of the White Sox. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. Welcome in again, I guess. That was that was really cool. Taylor, Taylor McGregor, is uh, she's the goods, and she does a damn good job. Uh, had a chance to pop her on, and we did, so we appreciate her joining us. But welcome in. This is episode, what, 87? Hey, 87, yep, yeah. 87. Yeah. Happy opening day, everybody out there. Major League Baseball fans who are listening to this tonight uh, as we are podding, as we are dropping this joint, or tomorrow morning. You know, it's, it could still be happy opening day to you. And yeah, like I said with Taylor McGregor, you know, opening day is magic still for a lot of people in this country. And as a guy who is a casual, and you guys, I'm not going to lie to you, I am a, I, I think, casual to above casual baseball fan. Right. Like I, I rock with the sport, you know, some of the some of the gatekeepers and some of the people who have made the sport uh, a little stale at times. I don't rock with and some of the fans. I definitely don't rock with. But for the most part, I, you know, I, I enjoy baseball and I enjoy, obviously, Chicago White Sox baseball. And of course, the Cubs. I'm not one of these weirdo guys who. Not weirdo, but I'm not one of these guys who, uh, look at that. I just, I just cut in half, like half the audience just now, Jesse. He was like, yeah, you weirdo. I'm about to talk about you. No, I'm not one of these dudes who cares, uh, as much as others if the other side of town loses, you know, or bad things happen. Like, I'm not one of these Sox fans who are like, yeah, I hope Cubs fans never ever have, you know, green lawns. And I hope every day they get up and there's only a half a swallow of orange juice in the, in the fridge. You know what I mean? Like, like, I, like, I hope, I hope your girl cheats on you with your cousin because you're a Cubs fan. Like, no, I'm not that dude. 
right? Like, if you're a Cubs fan and you walk up to me with that weird energy, you'll just be the only one doing that dumb dance. Like, it's too, uh, we're too old. I know there are some who still cleave to it. I'm just not one of those guys. So, opening day has always been kind of cool for me because I get to celebrate it kind of twice. And the first time I ever went day drinking was opening day. Man, it was when Matt, Matt Abaticola and I, shout out to Matty, uh, Matt Abaticola and I, who were producers of the Boars and Bernstein show here in the city uh, for several years, uh, might have been 07? When did I join that show? Jeez, Louise. Like 07? So 2007, somewhere around there, was the first time I'd ever gone day drinking, by the way. Like, this, this is my one year of college and, you know, being around a sports radio group of people uh, for my formative years and never gone day drinking. And, of course, my main man, Matt Abaticolo, was like, let's go on out and have ourselves a few pops. And we had a ball, right? It, the atmosphere was crazy. It was in Wrigleyville. Uh, and opening day was just like, okay, this is like, this is like magic to a lot of people. This is, this is like a, a ceremonial, like, birthing of the summer to come. And I could dig it. I could dig it. It's cold as hell here in Chicago and people are going out to Wrigley Field by the, by the tens of thousands filling that joint up today because they were happy baseball was back. They were happy the team that they root for was back and they were happy that that feeling was back. Cause let's face it, we've, we've been in this weird COVID bubble for a couple of years plus now. And, you know, People walking around like it ain't COVID outside, and I'm following all the CDC guidelines, right? But it's it's th- there's a um, there's a relentless feel and has been to this awful disease, and to see baseball not be enjoyed, like the outdoor sport not be enjoyed by people because of COVID, cutting a season in you know to sixty games or not being able to sit in certain seats around people and feel that wave of emotion that that transpires when something big happens in Wrigley Field, right? Or guarantee rate. Like to see people out there around each other having a good time. Like I know, I know COVID is still on our heads. Trust me. I, you know, I hate the fact that we have to have like this disclaimer that it's like, I'm aware of COVID. Don't, don't, don't kill me because I'm saying that it was cool to see people all around each other in that way. And especially in a baseball uh, stadium that uh, is, is so historic and, and has birthed so many emotions and created so many moments. So to see Suzuki get up there three times straight and not get out, right? Like to see uh, Ian Happ bounce back after the throwing error and have big hit after big hit. To see um, David Robertson go out there and, and close that thing down. Like it, it felt like the Cubs didn't know that they were supposed to be a below average team this year, right? And it felt like baseball was back. It felt like opening day. Usually opening days for me have been spent at a bar or somewhere around one of the ballparks or just hanging out with fans who are my friends who happen to be Cubs fans or Sox fans. Like it's a, it's a communal type of fellowship. And today I just took it all in, in the living room, just watching baseball, watching Marquee and watching Taylor McGregor do her thing with Boog and Jim. And it was, it just, it just felt, just felt okay. Like there, there haven't been a lot of days over the last few years that have felt just okay. And today was one of those days. So so everybody out there who enjoyed themselves here uh, today, if you're listening to this pod, you know, the uh, happy opening day. And for tomorrow, if you're listening to this pod, White Sox fans, 
hey, you already know what type of season this is supposed to be for us. So happy opening day to you as well. This is Seth Jones, and you're listening to the Full Goal Podcast with Jason Goff. You know, speaking of special moments, I remember when. Yeah, that's always a bad, bad start to a conversation, isn't it? Like whenever the I remember wins come out, that's when some shit is about to get uncomfortable or it's about to be a lot more grand than anybody remembered it being, right? Like anytime somebody's like, I remember when, you're like, oh God, this is about to be long and not as interesting as this lead in. But I remember when the Chicago Blackhawks were getting ready to turn that thing over. Just, all right, it's winning time, right? Like kind of like when the Cubs signed John Lester Right. Like there there are certain acquisitions where, okay, we're done being cute. We're done being cool. It's time to turn this thing on over and get to winning. I think that time happened in 2009. When number 81 and I I, I called him the general from the moment uh, he arrived in Chicago because he just carried himself like, you know, you had a captain, you know, Captain Sirius and Jonathan Taves. You had the flashy, high flying you know, uh, Patrick Kane. But when Marion Hosa, good old number 81, joined the Chicago Blackhawks in 2009, you just knew, okay, it's time to win now. It's, it's time for this team to be not just taken seriously, but feared. And this is already, you know, this man being, what, 10 years into his NHL career? Because I remember Marion Hosa as a young, young Ottawa senator, like coming in the league, lighting everybody on fire, having, you know, 40 goal seasons and 30 goal seasons. That that run, I think it was like the early aughts, right? Like, oh, one, oh, two, like somewhere around there, oh, three for Marion Hosa when he was coming of age as a young player in Ottawa and just lighting the lamp, as they say, you know, 30, 40 times a year. And then he went to Atlanta and, and still did that. But of course, it was the Thrashers. And then he went to Pittsburgh and then he went to Detroit. And seeing him uh, as 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 Blackhawks fans watched the their hated rival just assemble a team that they not only had to contend with but also had to make sure they could uh, you know one day beat. They took one of their best pieces, Marion Hosa, and when he became a Chicago Blackhawk, it was on and popping. So his jersey retirement was announced on Thursday. Uh, there are few athletes who have been acquired and meant more to a franchise in terms of not being a part of the natural foundation or the, 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 the formative years, but being that extra piece, that big joker on the ta- on the space table, you know, saying, all right, this is, this is what we coming with. Not just the young kids anymore. This is what we're coming with. And I think John Lester is in that team photo as well. But Marion Hosa is that guy, good old number 81. Uh, he he did a lot. He did a lot of things that made the Blackhawks who they were. In that year that he arrived, and the next year when they won in 2010, and then 13, and then 15. Like this, this dude was this dude was a stud. So uh, there are very few free agency uh, acquisitions or trade deadline acquisitions that put you over the top, and we've seen that a few times here in this city. And one of those guys is getting his jersey retired. So. Celebrate Marion Hosa if you're a Blackhawks fan, and I'm sure uh, when that night comes, it'll be a special one in the city. Time for some commercials. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You ever been outside of Chicago? Outside Chicago. Outside. 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 Where we at? Outside! Alright, so we haven't done Outside the Shy in a long time because you know, we've, been, we've been hyper-focused on Chicago sports the way I see it. So, I gotta say this. There's a lot of HD sports out there where it's like, alright, man, this is what the HD situation was invented for. This is when, when we went from headache definition, a.k.a. standard definition, to high definition, and now 4K and 8K and every other K and OLED. You got TVs out here that cost $35,000, $40,000. Shout out to you if you can afford something uh, of that extravagant price. But man, there are certain games. Like for me, Chargers Chiefs. That game is made for HD television because you're getting some of the wildest, most beautiful colors that the NFL has for you, right? I just was talking about Wrigley Field. You know, for uh, Sox fans, I know you're going to hate it. I know you're going to say, how could you? But there's a certain there's a certain beauty that comes through on a really, really good TV of Wrigley Field, right? Uh, and for me, very Stanley Cup hockey is magnificent. But watching Stanley Cup hockey and watching how the ice shines and you can tell the lights are the biggest and the brightest and you've got... The, the the best camera crews there from the from the networks. Uh, that's when HD television shines as well. But there are a few things that come close to the Masters because the Masters are supposed to be the time where you can open up the windows a little bit. You know, you can turn up the sound system, hear all the all the things that Augusta Georgia has. You know, to offer. You can hear every pronunciation and. And every syllable of the N-word. No, I'm just playing with you. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joking with you. I'm sure you can, though, if you listen close enough, to be honest with you. <laughs> but no, the, everything about Augusta it seems like golf and old school and romanticizing sports, right? So, lo and behold, I'm sitting around watching the Cubs game, or getting ready to watch the Cubs game, actually. And... I'm like, oh, yeah, it is Thursday. Let me check in on the Masters, you know? And I jumped in on FanDuel, you know, dropped a, dropped a couple shekels on my main man, Tiger Woods. I'm like, let me, let me see how this goes. And I will be damned if this man isn't tied for 10th. Was it three or four shots off the lead? I, th- I think he's three or four. He's, I think he's three shots off the lead right now. He's, he's uh, yeah, he's, he's one under. Yo, if Tiger Woods, is about to change my weekend, he needs to let me know now. Because if this man, <laughs> for real, if this man can come back from, from 
the six million dollar man surgery that he had on his right leg. Like apparently it's all plate screws, uh, you know, an old carburetor. Uh, you know, like there, there, there's probably an, an actual hamster wheel in there. Like apparently he's got everything going on on that right leg. If this man is going to mess around and contend for his what 15th or 16th major all time and sixth uh, green jacket to Todd Jack Nicholas, he got to let me know. And you got to let me know now. Don't don't be don't be out here messing around, grinning and acting, playing coy. No, I need Tiger Woods at some point before he tees off tomorrow to look into a camera and be like, hey, golf, don't plan shit this weekend. I got you. And I'll be like, all right, Tig Woods, you got it. All right. I, I was planning on working on Friday and Sunday, you know, for the basketball last couple of games of the season. But if, you know, if I need to tell my, you know, my other employer that I can't come in because Tiger Woods out here tripping and cool, I'm with it. I'm with it <laughs> because on 16, when the man nails what the 20 something foot birdie putt, you know, the part three, I'm like, oh, there it is. It's, it's, it, man, when you see these old heads do shit that you remember them doing as a young dude, and goddamn, I feel old saying that, but like watching an, an athlete, a historic and iconic athlete's entire career is a great journey. It's a great journey because you get a chance to see. All the promise, all the things, all the all the tumult, all the adversity, all the, like everything that goes on, and then see a, a, an athlete operate at the highest level, the most premium level of output of productivity. This man, Tiger Woods, would scare entire fields. I mean, I had never heard such and such of the field before Tiger Woods in terms of betting. Right, like why? And, and this is how powerful and how uh, the 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 icon that he is. My father started golfing around the Tiger Woods phenomenon, Tiger Woods craze, and my father appreciated Lawrence Taylor like none other. Right, he's a Michael Jordan fan because he moved to Chicago after living in Jersey and New York when he first came to this country from Belize. So the Michael Jordan thing, like he was a Michael Jordan guy, but he was a Lawrence Taylor dude. Like that was that was the guy in my household when I was a kid. Anytime Giants games were on, he would talk about LT, right? And he'd talk about East Rutherford, New Jersey, because that, you know, he was around that area as a kid when he first came to this country. So he and I kind of got a chance to witness Michael together, right? But I wasn't into golf as a kid, right? So when Tiger Woods hit the scene and I saw how my father gravitated towards him. I got a chance to kind of see maybe how he felt about Lawrence Taylor when he was coming up as a kid or as a young man in New York, you know, being that close to that energy and that, that, that vibe. So to see Tiger Woods' entire career and think that he was going to blow past all the major records and blow past Jack Nicholas and blow past this one and that one. And, oh, what, 20 majors? Yeah, that'll be done. That'll be done three quarters of a way to through the career. And to see everything that's happened, the wild ass voicemails, right? The, the, the crash in the car into the tree, the, the scandal, like the, the, you know, all the things that have been said about him, you know, like the, fu- the, the, was it the fuzzy Zeller comments? Like, like, come on, man. Like these are the, it was fuzzy Zeller, right? If I'm not mistaken, right? The, 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 the collard greens and where they going fried chicken. Remember the comment back in the day with the, 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 that he made about what they were going to serve for the master's dinner. If you want it, 
I, I think it was Fuzzy I, I do, but I don't remember exactly what he said. No, nah, but it, it was Fuzzy Zelly, right? If I'm not mistaken. I don't want my I don't want my memory to get away from me here. But yeah, man, to watch this man's entire career and then to sit here at the back, back, back end of it. And to see that he still can get down with the best of them. Yeah. Like this is this is what it looks like when you're at the end of the run for an athlete that you've watched since his introduction or her introduction uh, to a sport and feeling like you're seeing the end of a movie. No matter which way it ends, you understand how awesome the movie has been. You're just here just to see how it, how it finishes up. This would be a hell of an end. And of course, this ain't going to be the end because we've been talking about it being the end for Tiger Woods for a good half a decade plus now. So, yeah, man, Tiger, if you're going to be on that shit this weekend, you got to let me know. I, I, I got to make plans. <laughs> Can't just be spontaneously messing around and being in the top five, you know, top two, top three going into Sunday because I'm not going to be doing anything except watching that beautiful HD sport known as the Masters. The full goal with Jason Golf. All right, that's all the time we have for episode 87 of the Full Go Podcast. Join us on Sunday as we recap Bulls versus T-Wolves and get ready to preview the playoffs. I want to say thank you to Taylor McGregor. Outstanding time talking to her. And as always, don't forget you can hit us up on the Full Go voicemail line, 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. As always, we want to thank the fellas, Steve Cerruti, shadowy figure known as Steve Cerruti and my main man, the active Jesse Lopez. For the guys, I'm Jason Goff. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you so much for listening to, downloading, subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing. Whatever you do for this pod, the way you do it, we are appreciative of it. So, we thank you for listening to the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer and, of course, Spotify is the gang. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other and be safe.